Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Lots of Matzah Pizza Podcast. Today we have a great guest, uh, Dennis Bushy, the godfather of hockey in Moorhead, Minnesota. Uh, he has led the program uh, since the late 70s and has been the Bantam coach there for, for decades. And we'll talk a little bit of hockey. We're going to talk about his uh, service to our country in Vietnam. We're going to talk about his service to the Moorhead Youth Hockey Association, his family, uh, some of the great players that he's coached and been uh, a part of their lives and been, they've been a part of his life. And then we're going to touch on a little COVID and how it's affecting the hockey world and, and how, he's, how it's affecting he and I both on a day-to-day basis. Should be a fun show. I hope you enjoy it. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire. Well, good morning, Mr. Bushy. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Tony. Hope you're doing the same. I am doing well. Um, it's, it's a glorious morning here in the Twin Cities. We're now heading into the afternoon. How is the weather up in uh, beautiful Moorhead? Well, it's, um, it's pretty nice. A little cloudy, a little windy, like always. Yes. But... Um, it's springtime. Well, it's not as windy in Moorhead as it is in East Grand Forks where you grew up. Would you agree to that? Uh, I think it's windier in Moorhead. Really? Okay. I, yeah. I'll i never forget. I, I was on a road trip to East Grand um, from like Coleraine. And right when I turned in Crookston, it was like this wind tunnel from Crookston to East Grand. And I told someone there goes, oh, yeah, get used to it. It's just a big, huge tunnel. When you when you head that way, yeah. Well, when you come this way to Moorhead, you almost get blown over to Wapaton <laughs> You got to know where Wapaton is for that for that to be funny, right? Yeah, it's forty miles from here. So, <laughs> yeah, I know where it is. It's right across the river from Breckenridge, right? Yep. There, there you go. go. There we go. A little, little geography lesson for our listeners already. Yeah. So before we get into some of the Moorhead stuff, let's do a little background on you. You grew up in East Grand Forks and didn't play high school hockey. You weren't a legend like like uh, many would think you were. Um, but you but you played all the way through, right? Did you did you even play like rec hockey in high school, or does it just stop when you don't have a high school team to play for? Yeah, we had a you know we had the youth program all the way up. Uh, to Bantams, but, right? But after yeah, Bantams, Bantam, what did you do? We, we had a VFW team. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and I still have the jacket that I got when I was on the VFW team. But, but that, then uh, then we had midgets. Yeah, okay. Yeah, then midgets. and then. Um, but the high school team was just um, starting up in the 60s late middle of the late 60s that's at east grand forks you didn't even attend that high school you went to the, the catholic school right yeah i went to sacred heart um you know from kindergarten all the way through um, high school so yep. pretty clear uh you know at some point in your life and in, in your early life hockey got in your veins and it never got out right yeah um 
I always I always kind of think about uh, Minnesota hockey uh, kind of originated in 1947. Right. And that's when I was born. So oh. I, thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're we got something in common. I like that. I <laughs> we like were born that. together. Yes, yeah. they were. <laughs> you kind of lived through it all, even when you were a little kid. Right. Yes. Did yes, you so did I you follow that. it? Was it because there wasn't a lot of television? There was a lot of media to to feed you information about it. Did you still follow it, all these Iron Range teams and and the St. Paul Johnsons and Duluth Easts back then? Uh, maybe not so much those because that was too far away. Right. Um, we probably went as far as looking up to back then was was Rosal. You know they were. Yep. They, they were good. Hockey. They were good. And the Iron Range, you right. know, the Grand Rapids and the Color Rains, those those places up there. So you knew who they were, right? Oh, yeah. We traveled up there. We we'd get to play once in a while. I mean, we didn't travel every weekend like they do now. Just um, maybe once a month we'd drive up there. And then you, you knew who these guys were. All right. So you graduated high school in 1966, correct? Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. kind of an interesting path, uh, much more, much different path uh, to the fame and fortune you have, t- you have today versus, versus the normal person in this hockey business. Um, you were drafted, you had moved to Seattle and you were drafted uh, into the army, correct? Yeah. You know, me and a buddy left, um, East Grand Forks right after we graduated and we were going to go to Seattle and, and live out there for a while. Didn't have any money, didn't have, you know, no job lined up, nothing. We just took off and had a bunch of graduation money and stayed with an aunt and uncle of mine for a while. And then all of a sudden my dad calls and says, um, you got your draft notice. You have to report to the selective service by wow. month or by by next week. So scary. Yeah, yeah, yep. It was, and of course, eighteen years old, you didn't know anything about that crap. Yeah, nineteen sixty six. We're in the we're in the heart of it uh, yeah. of the Vietnam War. Nineteen sixty eight is when when it all kind of exploded here at stateside and you're, and you're over there fighting in, 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 in 1968, we're having, we're having all kinds of riots and, and, you know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of bad stuff is happening in our, in our countries. Probably one of the darkest times of our country's history was 1968. And you're over thousands of miles away from home, uh, fighting a war. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I thinking back to then, I I don't really recall when I got back out of Vietnam. I just don't recall a lot of the protesters. Um, really? You know, I, mainly because maybe when we flew back, they always fly you back to where you um, uh, lived. So that was East Grand Forks instead of Seattle. So, you know, we're in the middle of the country. Yeah, I don't think the protesting was as heavy as you know New York or California, San Francisco, right? Yeah, like yeah. it would be bad there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I, I don't remember anything, Tony, about uh, a lot of protesting at all um, back then. 
Um, it's, it's a difficult time. I mean, uh, you, I don't want to talk about your service there, um, specifically, but, uh, these aren't, these aren't glory days, um, uh, for sure. No, um, you know, I was 18, 19 years old and I mean, my goodness gracious, I, I was, uh, a pretty young kid, you know, and had no idea where Vietnam really was probably hadn't heard much about it up until then until the war. Right. Yeah. But it was something that we, as a, um, you know, American citizen, we, we knew what our duty was and we didn't think twice about it. And, um, we just knew we had to be there. If I, if I knew then what I know now, oofta, it'd be a tough one. (laughs) Yes. It would be a tough one. Be a tougher decision, right? Well, it would be. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any friends uh from when you were serving still today? Oh yeah. Yeah, I have a very good friend that I went to Seattle with. We both joined together. Same guy? The guy yeah. from East Grand who you yep. trucked around the what's his name? Ed. Ed Bateman. Ed Bateman. Yeah, nice kid. Nice guy. I wonder if he knows what a legend you were going to become in, in hockey in oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Did well, he, did he know, know at that point? I don't know about the legend part, but he does <laughs> know what I've done. And he uh, he comes here quite often, <clears throat> maybe once a year to visit. So that's good. Oh, that's great he, to hear. That's... He lives out in Seattle. <clears throat> so after after the war, you get married to a, a woman from Seattle. <laughs> Um, and eventually by 1972, the Star Tribune gives you a job in Benson, Minnesota. Um, and you find yourself at the very, very early days of starting a hockey association. Did you have any idea this was going to be in your blood at that point? Oh yeah. I, um, when I was in East Grand Forks, um, in high school, I remember coaching the peewees and the squirts helping out, you know, um, so I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I, and I actually, um, when I was in high school, I actually, um, did all the skate sharpening for the kids at the, at the outdoor rink. Um, so I, I, what were you using to sharpen skates back then? God, it was actually, it was kind of like the skate sharpener I had here, Really? Uh, Not much different, huh? Yeah. It wasn't much different. A big a stone and yeah, a motor on it. And it's fascinating. Charged, we charged. Uh, I remember the guy that owned the machine. Um, he would charge the kids a dime, you know, for sharpening skates. And when he wasn't there, I'd charge the kids a nickel. <laughs> and he I would, thought you were going to say would, a quarter. No, he would catch me once in a while doing it, and he'd be so pissed. Really? At me for doing Yeah. Where was this? Was this a hardware store, or was this uh, at no, the rink? At the rink. At the rink. At the rink. Yeah. This it was is, at, is this like a warming house kind of setting? It was at Sherlock Park. All the yes. Park people know Sherlock Park. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right, so short story about uh the beginnings of ho- the hockey program at Benson and your involvement there cuz they didn't have an indoor rink in, in, even in the early 70s, right? Right. No, they didn't have any uh indoor facility. Uh nothing even close. Uh Wilmer had an indoor rink. Okay. <laughs> but that was it and we um had had kind of a 
little area where um, the outdoor rink was. We put up new boards and they had a shack there, a warming shack. And we just played there. Um, I remember we um, we um, ordered new jerseys for the kids, uh, Montreal Canadian jerseys. Nice. They're still, they're still wearing those. Uh, they were wearing them all the up until a couple of years ago when they co-opted with Morris. Morris. Yep. Now I think they're the storm. Yep. Um, but yeah, we we had um, those jerseys for many many years. So Montreal Canadiens. So you get to the you get to Benson. Uh, you you plop down there, and how many days, weeks, months was it before you had surmised that they needed some help, and you had gotten there and roll up your sleeves and got to work? Oh, I think I did it right away. I moved in there. <laughs> you couldn't take it, right? We got to build a better program yeah. than this, right? I think I, I, I met this guy in Benson at a bar. Yeah. And his name was Rick Mosentine. And he was yep. married to uh, a Lepresti from the Iron Range. Yep. And um, Sam Lepresti, who was a goalie. Yes. Maybe played for the North Stars a little Pete, bit. His son Pete did. Okay. Well, yep. Whatever it was. Uh, so, anyway, he said, We should start hockey here. And I said, Yeah, let's do it. And bingo, bango. We. We got the program going, and um, gosh, I, I have clips of newspaper clippings of us starting the program there. So it's, um, and I remember going to Wilmer, and I believe it was Litchfield or Hutchinson, right in that area, yep. and playing those teams. You know, we were a B team by, you know, probably a C team back then. By today's standards, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, um, I remember playing them and playing in Painesville. They had a outdoor rink in Painesville. Yeah. And also, what's that town between Alexandria and Starbucks? Um, I have no idea. Uh, anyway, I, I can't think of it now. But, oh, boy, we had some great games. Um, with, uh, yeah, I wish I could think of it. But. I'll Great games with those those uh, little those towns. towns. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's yep. a, and it's great for the game to have hockey in those towns and rinks in those towns, even today, right? Yeah, I, I think they've done a heck of a job in Benson. They they built a new rink. Uh, Morris has got their own rink there now. Yeah, and um, gosh darn, I, I see some names coming out of there that I remember um, that we coached, coached um, their dads, right? Yeah, coach their dads. Their grandpas now, probably. <laughs> so then you get a reclamation project, even bigger one, because you're moved to a town with a lot more population and not a lot of hockey history. Uh, 1977, you moved to Moorhead. Uh, how long did it take for you to get involved there? I'm sure it was right away, right? Yeah, it was. It was um, probably within a month. Um, I saw something, or they. So I had to talk to this one hockey guy buzz larson was his name and buzz larson yeah buzz larson he's passed away but anyway he uh, he put me to work right away you can be our bantam b coach and uh, i was happier than hell and i'm right at it so let's paint the picture here so by 1977 you had four kids and they were like 
five and younger, and you're out coaching Bantam Bees. This must have been your life, right? It must have been your lifeblood. Well, it was. Um, you know, the kids were pretty young. Thank goodness my wife at that time was um, very good at, at, you know, raising the kids. And um, and she knew what the passion was for me. And, um, you know, we weren't so involved like hockey is now. I mean, right. we, we usually were done by February. We right. started in maybe um, November. Yes. We were done, you know, a couple months later. So it wasn't, it wasn't as, uh, it wasn't as crazy as today, right? No, not even close. And you didn't travel it that much, right? Not a lot, you know, and, um, back then we were kind of a doormat, uh, Moorhead, you know, we weren't. Can you say that one more time? We were a doormat because we can't say that today. We were a doormat back then. Oh, I love hearing uh, that. Some of the teams that we would lose to, uh, now I just, how in the hell did we do that? But, yeah, um, not to be disrespectful, but, yeah, we. Uh, well, this is, this, we, is, this is really a good starting point to the whole Moorhead discussion. You, you said it, doormat. I want to talk about the rink. I mean, in, in the late 70s, not until 1985, Think about that. From 77 to 85 when you're there, you're playing at the Centennial Rink, which is just regular ice. It's not artificial ice. There's no compressor. And that's the only rink for the whole town. Yeah. Back at that time, um, you know, that's all we had. It was um, we had rinks in Fargo. Right. But in Moorhead, we had Centennial with the um, chain link fence instead of glass. Um we had two little locker rooms in the lobby that were, you know, we had no walls. It was just curtains. Um, and you could, if you want, if I wanted to give the kids the business, I actually took them into the bathroom, which was outside of the <laughs> lobby. I put all those little shits in that lot, in that bathroom. And, and we'd have, um, we'd have a little chit chat there. You know, and I'm then. guessing because because now when I watched you coach in the past, you were kind of like the uh, hockey coach emeritus. You'd sit there and you'd do a little bit of coaching. But I'm guessing in your 20s, you were a little bit more amped up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was especially when you're a doormat, you know, you, you I'm, I, I'm a competitor and I I like to I like to win. And back then, you know, we were so anxious to win um, that, you know, we were pushing buttons way too soon. And poor kids. Um, Making mistakes, know, right? Yeah. And we just, we just didn't have the uh, skill set, you know, back then to compete. But we, it, 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 it was a, it was a learning process. It took us a while, but you know, we got there. But back then, it was tough, and we didn't have the numbers. And basketball and wrestling were pretty big in Moorhead. So what and, was what was the turning point then? I mean, was it when Terry Cullen moved to town, or what was the what was the moment where you're like, man, we're gonna be good. We're going to be really good. When did you know? Was it when you got the ice at Centennial? Because it's like we know that the youth rink ice goes in in 96, 97, right? But right. between 85 and 97, you know, 
this is the hit, you know the the story of Moorhead hockey starts there. What was it? What what happened where it, it turned? Well, I think part of it was you know we put in um, artificial ice. Yep, in eighty five. You know, in the middle eighties, we put in that artificial ice, so now we could start our program in October and and run all the way through March or whatever if we had to. That was big. Um, and you know, and the high school the, got its own rink too, right at the sports center. Right, right. Yep. Uh, they got their rink over there. Um, you know, but that was only one sheet, so we had the two sheets. Um, and you know, uh, at back then, Terry Shercliffe was yep. the head coach, a very dear friend of mine. Um, and I I reach out to him right now because he just lost his um, youngest son. Um, he had a heart attack just the other day, but, um, yeah, he, um, was the high school coach and I, I just remember him always saying that, gosh, I wish I could keep an assistant. You know, he'd always have a college kid for an assistant or something. Right. I somehow, um, Terry Cullen caught wind of it and, uh, and the two of them got together and, and Terry said that if I'm coming to Moorhead, I, I kind of want to be the head coach. And and he was in Virginia, right? Yeah, yeah. And Terry Shercliffe said, um, yeah, we'd love to have you. And boy, that, that to me was a huge uh, turning point. And hats off to Terry Shercliffe for seeing that, um, that, you know, Cully could really make a difference um, in our program and, and the rest is history on what he's done. So, and, and the interesting part about this, so a lot, oftentimes when you hear of a hockey, you know, a hockey coach who kind of steps aside for, for someone bigger, better to come in, it usually means that Terry Shercliffe knew nothing about hockey and wasn't really, you know, he's more probably like a different kind of coach. But from what I understand, or my research is Terry Shercliffe is one of the brightest greatest hockey minds in the state and, and one of the most unheralded hockey minds in the state. Yeah. Terry, <clears throat> Terry is probably our godfather of, of hockey here. He, um, he's done so much for our program and, um, and he still does Tony. I mean, he's here. This is yeah. why I'm bringing it up. Luke Grammer during an interview I did with him in late Mar or March, February, still was revering the guy as one of the smartest people he knew. That's why I brought it up just now because of Luke. Luke's 18 years old. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's so good. I mean, and he comes 6 a.m. We have these practices with four or five different teams on the ice, and they'll practice for an hour, and then he'll stay out on the ice, and anyone that wants to stay with him um, – you know, because they don't have to be to school for another hour and a half. Right. So, um, so they the, the kids stay, and he works with the defensemen. Uh, he really concentrates on the peewees, and he's there every every practice. Yeah. I mean, and and, um, and now he goes to Florida in the yep in the winter time now. But um, this year he didn't go until December. Uh, the end of December. So he was with our Peewees and our Bantams until then. And I mean, and he's, I mean, he just does such a great job with them. Uh, you know, teaching them fundamentals, fundamentals all the time. And the kids love it. Um, 
So was Terry Cullen, was he a teacher? Because um, yeah. I know he's in business or was went into business after that. So he was a teacher and a coach. Yeah, Terry was an elementary teacher. Okay. And um, um, then he, um, after a while at teaching, he got into the insulation business. And that's yeah. where he is now. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So let's. Fast forward now. Do you, what, what year? Do you, what year did you get the Bantam A job? Because I know you won a few state titles, and or, or at least had some runner-ups here with the with some of those early, you know, '90s teams, that, that high school teams. Yeah, yeah. I t- I took over um, the Bantam A team in '81. Okay. And um, you know, it took us a while. Um, went through the '80s and. Uh, Coach Cullen came in like '88 or nine or '89, something like that. Anyway, uh, um, that's when we started to turn it around. Was in the '90s, but uh, yeah, I took over in in '81. Um, okay, so we went to um, we went to our first state tournament, and in 1982, really, we actually um, upset. Uh, I'll never forget it. We upset uh, Fergus Falls, who was a much better team than us. But we've had we in the playoffs we beat them in overtime. Uh, Tommy Shimabakura scored the winning goal in oh, overtime. I love and we it. Say that name again, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Shimabakura. What kind of name is last name is that? Uh, I think it's uh, um, it's overseas someplace. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they all right? Something, but. Yeah, and don't ask me how to spell it. No, I no, I like you. I like you. You, you rattled that but, one off pretty quick. Yeah. Anyway, um, we went to um, the cities for the state tournament. Of course, it was Owen. Back oh. then, we played three games. Owen oh, three barbecue. Yep. Owen oh, three out. All right. So, um, but we had a hell of a good time. We thought we were the cat's meow then, boy. So here's a part of your life that I don't think the average peewee, squirt, mom, dad, player would know about Dennis Bushy. Because the Dennis Bushy that most kids see is the Dennis Bushy that I saw uh, when I walked into the the, the sport, uh, into the youth rink in 2014. This is what I see. I see this guy driving the Zamboni, and then 15 minutes later he's sweeping. He's the janitor. Uh, and then he's back in concessions. He's answering the phone, and then... I come back 15 minutes later, and you're moving the twice baked potatoes in from the some minivan into the into the uh, from all through the lobby. And I finally said to uh, the mayor, uh, Jonathan, I go, JJ, who's this guy? Because <laughs> it's my first trip to Moorhead, right? And I'm running a tournament with you guys, and the guy JJ says. That's Dennis Bushy and his nice Jonathan Judd way. And I'm like, oh, I I knew it had to be somebody important, but this guy runs it all. And you do it all at the ring, don't you? Well, the Warren Youth Hockey's been very good to me about allowing me to, if I had the concession stand, scheduler, coach, and, and then running the rink. So, you know, that's a lot of hats. And, um, um, I hand it to them to let me do that, but um, one more you know, hat, that, one more hat that people, another hat that people don't see, and it's very important. We'll get to it later when we talk about COVID. Is you're the district director for District 15 and have been for a long time. Yeah, and uh, that's been nice. Uh, 
really get to be surrounded by some very good, passionate hockey people, you know, that aren't hockey players anymore, but they have that passion that they the want game. to give back to, to, to Minnesota hockey. And it's been a, a great ride yeah. um, being on that board. So before all of that happened in, in the late 80s, uh, we talked about you being married in, in 1970-ish right in there and then raising uh, four, having four kids. But you go through a tough time. Uh, in, the, in the late 80s, you, your wife leaves, and you're not just the, a dad. Uh, you're a dad and a mom, and you were left to raise four kids, and it was not an easy time in your life. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, you know, it, uh, I was married for 17, 18, 17 years and um, a very nice gal who was a very good mother um, through the early years of, of my kids. But she also had some uh, past history of some abuse, you know, when she was a child that surfaced and she couldn't shake it and um one thing led to another and just got worse and worse and um she finally picked up and left us and yeah so i had to bring up those i had two high school kids and two um junior high late grade school kids and um that was a tough time um the kids were great uh, we got through it um we're much stronger because of it and um we have a very close relationship now. Uh, well, we always have with, you know, me and the kids. So it turned out well, but it was a tough time. It was probably the toughest time that I've ever had in my life. And Five, they, six no, I didn't want to make this a sad podcast because I think there's a really good uh, uh, result. And you and I talked about this before we started the show. And and you, you told me that uh, something about what, what the hockey the game of hockey and people in hockey were really pivotal people in getting this turned around for you. Oh yeah. Um, I had some real good, I mean, back then, uh, you know, coach Cullen and Shercliffe and all of them were there and they were very supportive. And, you know, a lot of my, um, a lot of my immediate family, I, I come from a family of 10. So my brothers and sisters were, were really good about it um and helped me get through the tough times um and um then you know I, I i certainly appreciated that from them back then um the hockey family was a big part of it though right oh, yeah. yeah the hockey um you know they i think they sensed that i was having trouble hard time and um um they helped out with the kids i remember that um, they did some things that um, really were, I mean, they they brought dinner over sometimes um, at first, and um, that was very nice. And it was just, um, I mean, besides my immediate family, my next family, the hockey family, uh, means the world to me. Um, fast forward to... Um... The 1990, and obviously now early 90s, uh, slowly but surely, the doormat uh, tag is being removed from from uh, Moorhead. 
and they're making it to the state tournament. They're making it to state Bantam tournaments. I know that you guys have won. Did you? When was? When were your two state titles that you won? The the Maha state titles were those in the in the nineties or were they in the two thousands? Ninety two and two thousand four. Okay, so ninety two um, would have had to have been the Kraft and Cullen gang, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. Uh, I wasn't sure if they won or, or, or trick second because I know there were some pretty good bantam. Uh, I've heard some stories from from Ryan Kraft and some some great bantam A state championship uh, lore there. So by '96, this is where kind of uh, it, where it all kind of takes off. Even even a peewee uh, peewee kid today could see. Oh, without that rank, it wouldn't be the same. The the Moorhead Youth rank '96 '97 gets built. So, and, and that was, why did it get built? How did it get built? Uh, what was it? And then I think you become full, you become a, an employee of the Youth Hockey Association by that time, correct? Yeah. Um, well, we, we knew that we needed more ice. Centennial was not enough ice for us. And Concordia College and the Moorhead Spud high school team took up a lot of the sports center along with figure skating. So it was... Um, you know, we needed the ice, and we had some some very passionate farmers that came through um, and knew, you know, didn't know a heck of a lot about hockey, but they had kids playing hockey, and they knew that we needed more ice, and they were instrumental in, you know, getting a, a Mighty Ducks grant and yep. um, some more... Um, fundraising that they did um we got all that going and so um we put up um the facility that we have now um i i recall the 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 final price tag was 1.9 million wow um for two rinks um we didn't have a lot of fancy dancy stuff but we had all the stuff that was needed you know for hockey um and and that was instrumental on all we are today with those two sheets. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as the as the game grows in Moorhead, uh, so grows the responsibilities of the association. Um, has, has, has your life changed? Has the association life changed much since 2000? Uh, they get the new rink. Um, have you seen the g- game grow? Is it flattened out in Moorhead, um, or is it about all about the same? Oh, I, I, I think I know our numbers have grown. Um, numbers are, seem to always, you know, we always every time the Spuds make it to a state tournament, we get a big hit. You know, the following yep. fall for yep. more kids, and and so that definitely helps. Um, but you know, we. The thing I like about our program is we try to stay the same um, with um, our, our, our ultimate goal is developing, you know, these young, these young players so that they can become better hockey players, but also better citizens down the road. Yes. You know, that's our primary, primary uh, purpose is to let them know that there's something else besides hockey. Um, down the road and they better pay attention to that but we give them the good program a, a good development program and and we try to stay the same 
um, with what's working. Right. You know? um, yeah, we, 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 we have to make some adjustments here and there. Um, I kind of, I, I look forward to, I kind of think we have a new era coming up. We've got um, these 90s players that are coming into our program now with their kids. <laughs> their kids. And, and, you know, they're, they're good because they've been, they've been through more than their parents have been through when it comes to hockey. Yes. So they've seen a little bit more and they've, um, they know what it takes. Uh, you know, the, the Ryan crafts and, the, the Tim Larillas and, uh, Greg Wires and Collins, you know, they, they've been successful beyond being a high school hockey player. And so they know, um, and they're, they're passing that on to us now. And sometimes we have to scratch our head a little bit and say, geez, do we really want to change that? Or do we, we've never done that before. And right. God darn it. You know, they're, they've been successful so we better listen and we better make our adjustments where where they need be and oh, like, uh, we're, we're certainly listening tim you know and, and they've seen some of the guys you've mentioned they've seen other hockey played in other parts of the country and and they've brought a little bit back with them i mean i mean, know that tim and uh ellie lived in in dallas and then obviously matt's lived all over the world and seen the game played so when they come back and ryan craft's been all over the world i mean these guys come back and they're going to bring an interesting twist to the program and i think it's going to make it better yeah you know we, we certainly don't have all the answers and um if, if we start thinking that we have all the answers we're going to be in trouble so we've got to listen to to these guys that have been there and had successes. And uh, I, I know I, I sure appreciate them. And, and they're so good about coming forward and, and helping out. Um, it's, it's amazing. You know, they're not sitting back. They're not, uh, they're not just going with what we've done in the past. They, they see things that, that need to be changed and they're not afraid to, speak up so there are some there are some tried and true things that uh, this is this is for the non moorhead listeners um that i think that need to stay in place that your in-house program for your mites and squirts is one that every program in in my opinion should follow where they have the the, the, you you play on your squirt a your squirt b your squirt c team um uh but you come back on sundays and you play in-house and um, I think it's some of the, the most, probably some of the best memories for some of these kids is playing in-house. Talk about the in-house program. Yeah, I love our in-house program. Um, it is, it is our, our little rookies, you know, they know every Sunday they play and um, it's cross ice and they know nothing about full ice. You know, it's just cross. They, the only thing they know about full ice is what the spuds do and, but they, they like the cross ice. They get to touch the puck a lot. The mites, the same thing. And then the squirts, you know, that's our, that's a tough program to, to go through because you're, you're not only traveling, you know, almost every weekend, but right. then you've got in-house and, you know, that's Saturday morning before you take off. You got an in-house game. You got an in-house game at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. And then you, you go and, you run down the East Grand Forks or wherever and play a game. And then the next morning you go up to Fergus or wherever. And then, and that night when mom and dad want to 
go home. They've had it for the, the weekend. You got to come back to the rink. <laughs> yeah, it's a grind, fight, isn't it? Yeah, fight the parking lot because we've got rookies and mites and squirts, everybody coming at the same time. Yeah, it's 20 below outside, but you still got to play an hour in house game. So yeah, it's, it's a battle. It's a battle, but they do it. Um, you know, it's we've been doing it for years and. Uh, they love, you know, we have, uh, we have the squirt cup and the mic cup at the end of the year. And those kids, they love getting their name down on that. Yes. On that trophy. On that trophy. Love it. I, uh, just in comparison, I, I, I think so highly of this system that you guys have in mites and squirts that I brought it up to a friend of mine who lives here locally in Bloomington and, he loved it, right? Just loved it. Thought this is the greatest idea. In fact, he would, he took your idea to another level from a, from an idea perspective. He's like, "Hey, we could do Kennedy kids and Jefferson kids, and we could do girls and boys all together. Mix them all up, right?" I mean, that's where he he took your idea and made it one step better. <laughs> Until he brought it to the rink and to the board from all different associations, and it was like mm, maybe we can't even do that at all. So like it was, he took your idea, made it better, but couldn't actually see it through because it's just way too the way things the way things are are now here for a metro program to set it up is pretty difficult to break yeah. the break the habits of of other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can see it. And just thank goodness that um, we run our arena. You know, it's not ran, I mean. By the, the city, city helps, right? You the city run helps it. us out a lot, but they, they don't have anything to do with the operation. And, or the schedule. So, yeah, or the scheduling. You know, it's all it's all hockey here. We, we don't have figure skating because the sports center has the ice for that. Um, so it's all hockey. And um, we're fortunate that way. Uh, where we can offer it every seven days, 24 hours a day if we want. All right, so let's talk some hockey here. Uh, we haven't really talked much of it yet. Um, I want to talk about some unsung heroes. These are guys that uh, might have played uh, some hockey in, uh, for sure played for Moorhead, but now have come back and served, uh, whether they coached with you for a year or several years or co coached in the association. Um, you gave me a list of guys. I'm going to read them off. I want you to just tell me a little bit about them and what, and what they were doing and what what their involvement were. Uh, one of the guys that you, when you were telling me before, is this Brian Nelson. Tell me a little bit about Brian and, and his value to the Hockey Association. Yeah, Nelly played for the Spuds um, in the middle 90s and um, was a very good player. Um, played for me as a Bantam, um, and he was on our national Bantam team that won the, the national Bantam uh, wow. tournament. Um, and anyway, he, he, back then he weighed about a hundred pounds and he's just a little guy, but, um, anyway, through high school and through college and he went through all that. He went to Concordia college, finished, uh, there and was very successful with Concordia. And then it took us a couple of years, but he finally, um, agreed to come and coach with me. Um, and he's been with me, he coached with me for gosh, five years or yep. something like that and been been really good and um he um he got off of his um 
I shouldn't say um, he wasn't doing a lot of, let's say he wasn't doing a lot of exercising and maybe right. a, little bit too, a little bit too much eating. And he, he got a little hefty. And so he kind of left the program for a year or two. And, and thankfully we got him back. Um, and he, he did some things that broke some habits, um, got on a program to lose weight. And he's done a, outstanding job and he's back with us now he's coaching uh with the peewee team so um he's been very very good for more youth hockey and the kids just love him i was gonna say i just i know this from just being around the, the program that kids just love nelly yep yeah he's he coaches uh with matt cullen now so he's he's learning a lot so I'm sure we could all learn from him. We'll get to Matt later. Brian yeah. Stavinger, he's a another guy you said you really has done a lot for the program, both administratively and then obviously on the ice too. Yeah, Brian was um, um, our president of our association, and I had him as a Bantam. Yeah, he was on the national Bantam championship team also, um, and he's always been – a Moorhead Spud um, volunteer, and he, um, um, like I say, he was our president for a couple of years, and now he's coaching our Bantam A team um, this past year and did a great job with them and um, never played hockey beyond high school, but he sure has given us a lot back. That's so awesome. We, we got a lot out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Penner. That's another name you mentioned to me. Yeah, Matt. Matt is a great guy. He's coaching assistant coach at Hutchinson um, right now. He played for me um, uh, actually in 2004 when yep. we won the state, state. tournament. Yeah. Um, he played um, for me then. And then after, after high school, he played with, um, uh, I think he played just a couple years with a junior team. Okay. And then, anyway, he um, he uh, came back and coached with me for two years, um, and then uh, moved on to to Minneapolis. So Matt's been been good, and I think he's got a a very successful um, a few years coming up because he's going to be a good coach um, wherever he does end up. All right, Jeff Foss. Jeff was um, went to RPI. Yep. Um, he was a very good hockey player. Um, he also, um, um, coached with me for um, a couple years. Um, did an outstanding job. The kids just loved him. Um, um, and now he is in Minneapolis. Uh, he is not coaching right now, but I'm sure he will be in the near future. Do you think, as I look at these lists of people that you're just talking about now, Dennis, and then and then we'll talk about some of these players, um, uh, where, do you, how much responsibility do you take? And I know you're not going to take any, but I'm going to try to get you at least to take 10% of so many of these people giving back to the game as coaches. Josh Arnold, I can't I, – I, I, I kick him to the curb. He can't he, – he'll coach in everything that we do. You know, as an example, you know, obviously Matt's now coaching in YHH stuff. Rob's coached and Rob Grammer's coached and stuff. These guys just all just can't get enough of it. Uh, was this all hatched? Uh, big your big grand plan back in the the late seventies, early eighties when you when you got to Moorhead? 
Well, I, I think that, you know, what I was talking about earlier about how a couple things that we want to make sure we uh, pass on to our players is uh, development of their skills so that they can be um, as much as they could possibly be in hockey. And then also know that um, you, you've got a life beyond hockey and it's, you know, if it's not hockey, it's going to be something else. And Jeff Foss and Penner, Stavanger, Simonich, and all those guys um, realize that. And they're, you know, Rob Grammer, Josh Arnold, they're all, they're all giving back. And, oh, in and spades, only, right? Uh, and, yeah. And it's not only, um, they're, 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 it's not just because their kids are there. They were doing this before their kids. And it's you not, know, and it's not just in Moorhead, right? It's in other right. towns. It's, it's, it's yeah. they're passed it on wherever they end up professionally. Yeah, you know, look at at that um, that um, um, Mark Manny and yes, uh, and Barda. Yeah, <laughs> they are Andover uh, coaches, and they're both Morehead spuds, and um, they they uh, do a great job over there in Andover, and they're going to have great successes. And I mean, that's just. I mean, Barda played for St. Cloud. Um, yeah. Mark went to the Air Force. Yep. You know, and he was on on some of our doormat teams. Yeah. Back, but uh, he's he's very successful, and so it's you know it's what you know that's what's so unique about hockey. What it's not the hockey stuff so much, but what we we give them during the season. I mean, besides what their parents give them. You know, we give them. So I always, much. I always joke. Uh, and again, this is a little bit self-serving because I run tournaments, right? But you get a, you get a kid out of school for hockey. You know, whether it's a winter tournament or a spring tournament, and oh, gotta miss school. I'm like, hey, you're gonna learn some valuable, valuable lessons by playing in this hockey tournament or playing hockey in general. And one of them is hard work. The other is respecting others others in the locker room, respecting others, your other team. Some of the life lessons you learn in hockey are sometimes way more valuable than what you can learn in the classroom. Oh, yeah. You're so right. I mean, I think about my background at going to school and the things I've learned with hockey, it's, it's night and day. I mean, I, the things I've learned with hockey and then our hockey family, what the hockey family is. I mean, look at all our, are you know we the Bader boy and uh, yeah and, uh, I mean it's just uh, I mean it's terrible the <clears throat> but the family <clears throat> keeps us together yeah it does and, and you see it I mean you see it stuff like that every single season it it's seems like it doesn't it we seem, to, we seem to lose someone way too soon yeah that's and, for sure um, it's but Our- that's. All right, I got two more names for you before we get on to some of the hockey players. Well, this guy was a heck of a hockey player, but you also coached with him. I got a chance to coach with him, too, and he sure was fun to coach with. Dave Christian. <laughs> yeah, David. <clears throat> yeah, he, he was with us in that 2004 team yep. that won the VFW and the Maha State Tournament. And um, such a great competitor. Uh, he just... You know, he just knows how to compete, you know, like any of those NHL players, former players, or they know what it takes to compete and how he dished that out to the kids. His practices weren't 
you know, really organized like mine were. I, yeah. I'd, have to write, I'd have to write mine down and yeah. go over it and have it in my hat ready to go. But he could jump on the ice and, oh, God. It was all right there, wasn't it? Oh, he'd have those kids flying all over the place and um, shooting with a purpose instead of just shooting the shoot. And, I mean, he just emphasized all that stuff. And during games, I mean, he wasn't – you know, I maybe maybe throughout my years, I was, I, I always wanted to make sure the kids all played. You know, I right? Did, I mean, I wanted to win, and I did hide players here and there. Yeah. You know, once in a while, but boy, oh boy, when the going got tough in a game, in any games, David, he wanted to win, and he, I mean, he made it up to the kids. If he shortchanged the kid, he told them why. Right. You know. And he told them exactly the reason why and why Jimmy was playing instead of Johnny. And, and he wasn't afraid to do that. It didn't matter what game it was. If you're not having a good game or if you're not competing, that's not fair to the rest of our team. All right. But last good at that. Last <laughs> name here before we get to some of the hockey players. Can't really talk about more hot hockey without talking about Scott Tobalt, um, his you know, tragic death as well, and then um, what his family has done for the youth hockey program in Moorhead. Yeah, um, Scotty was a great kid. Uh, had him as a bantam, um, and he played for the Spuds. Uh, and then he had a tragic farming accident when he was in his middle twenties and passed away. But uh, the hockey family kept his legacy going, and um. They have a golf tournament every year, uh, the Scott Tobolt Golf Tournament, and some fundraising. Uh, they do a lot of fundraising during the year, and so they they um, uh, finance all our lease program for all the kids. So they all get to play for free, or all their equipment, equipment. is free. Yep, for little rookies and mites. So they, they, you know, that that is huge for our program and. Um, huge for the kids in our, uh, our, our city, but, uh, the family, the Tobolt family has been so good. His older brother, Steve is still involved with more youth hockey and right. if we need anything. He's right there for us. So great family. The list goes on and on, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Oh gosh, darn. I'm missing so many people. Um, you haven't even mentioned, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Dave Mornville, you know, he's, no, we haven't. He kind of, he took the torch after Terry, right? Yeah, he did. And, and he did a great job. David is always, um, promoting his former players any way he can. He promotes them and, um, he does a good job boy with that. Um, he did a great job with the spuds to, um, yeah, you know, in his years that he was here. What was his profession? Was he a teacher as well? No, he sells um, body parts. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now he, he's in the operating room a lot, you know, okay. like medical profession. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
Wow. All right. So, sorry, I skipped over that. We, we've got a lot of names here. So, I'm going to read off some names of players. We're going to test your vocabulary today. I want you to give me one or two word description of each of these players. I've kind of clumped them. So, and there's a little story behind a couple of them. Uh, let's start with the Cullen brothers. Before we talk about the Cullen brothers, Matt, Mark, Joe, uh, I've heard rumor they're the best athlete in the family wasn't even a hockey player. Who was that? Yeah, that's their sister, Annie. She, yep. um, she was a great athlete for Moorhead um, um, in um, track and also, I believe, swimming. Um, okay. She was uh, a great athlete, and she lives in the, the cities in, in Minneapolis now, and I believe she's got twin boys. Really? And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where she's at in the cities but right. um, yeah she was a great athlete for Moorhead. all right let's start at the top we'll talk with matt but don't don't tell matt and the boys that i said that they... i won't i won't and i'm sure they won't listen to this show so we're i think we're gonna be good okay okay i <laughs> <laughs> one of them will listen i'm not sure which one of these three will listen but let's let's throw them out let's throw them under the bus really quick here uh matt cullen one or two words passionate very family oriented. All right, Mark Cullen. Um, very passionate, very competitive. Like it, like it. Joe Cullen. Uh, very passionate. Very Here we go. Different. Another the common word, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to say that about those boys. Joe's doing a great job over in uh, – is it Gentry? Gentry, yeah. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Great foresight. He, I hope he comes back to Moorhead someday. All right. Well, I, I think we all do. All right, here we got the uh, the, the, the two goalies, uh, Gregoire, Jeremy, Gregoire, Jason. Yeah, Jason, uh, the younger of the two, is um, now the hockey director and hockey executive um, director for West Fargo Hockey. I'm well aware. I'm well yeah, aware. He's doing, he's got a lot, a lot of thoughts about improving that program. And, he's and they've done well. They have he's done really well. everything from us. <laughs> yes, that's okay, though, right? We, we said that him, earlier. Take yeah, it, grow the good. game, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Jeremy, his older brother, uh, he's our hockey director. Gosh darn, he has been so good. Um, I I put him right at the top um, with a lot of, with uh, the few hockey directors that we've had. He he's been instrumental, and I don't know how he does it. Um, all the stuff he has to go through, but he does a great job. Was was he always? Because he's a pretty mature guy, makes a lot of smart business decisions and and was he always that mature even when even when you was a bantam and, and high school player or was he get a little squirrely no he was you can tell he's the oldest in the family because he's, he's steady got it all together yeah pretty steady eddie guy there boy all right here we go jason blake yeah jason was uh, i'm sure you've heard a lot of stories about jason but yeah i tell you what um 
Um, we came really close on having him and Jackson playing for the Spuds this year instead of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the, Very the, close. The fateful summer. Like, he was there in, like, June, and they were gone by August. But the, had he stayed, wow, that yeah. would have been a different story, right? Yeah, that would have been nice. But, yeah, Jason, um, actually, Jason has given back um, some to Moorhead Hockey, Um God, I, I, I ride a bike that he, um, a couple of those stationary bikes, uh, he donated years ago to us. We still have them and I ride them quite often. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's done a nice job. He, he is, he has done so well for himself Yeah, you know, for being the little hundred pounder he was when he was a Bantam. My God, he. He did well. And no question about that. All right, here's another one that did well. Ryan Kraft. Yeah, we are so blessed to have him back here. Um, you know, Lakeville sure lost a, a charm, a right? There. Yeah. Oof, the, what a what a, a instructor he is for skating. Yep. Just the kid, I mean, he's here all the time with the kids. Uh, you know, we his boy plays on our peewee team. Mason. Yeah, I've coached Mason. He was one of my favorite kids I've ever coached. Just a swell kid. Yeah, good kid. And 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 Ryan's got a couple other couple other boys coming up that are pretty darn good. Owen and Darcy, uh, they're they're pretty darn good. So I'm sure they'll they'll be part of us for a while. Uh, Ryan's going to put on some hockey schools. He'll do a good job with um, with with the skating for our program here's one of my favorites josh arnold yeah josh he does so much for more hockey not only um on the ice but off the ice um promoting and also um, financially he's gosh darn every spud game it's always arnold and associates um he's always um um um, um selling or, or he's on all the football yeah. Whatever whatever sport it is, he's his ads are always there. So he's just been a great promoter and, and now he's coaching our PWA team. Uh his little guys are coming up through the program. So we're gonna have a lot of him left, which All is good. Right. All right, here's one for you. Chris Vandeveld. Chris Vandeveld, he's He's back. Uh, you know, he was overseas for a yep. while, uh, last couple of years, but now he's back and his little boy is playing in our program. Um, uh, Vandy's given, um, I expect him probably to be coaching here, um, next year because his boy will be, um, I think a mite. Yeah. So I expect him to help out. And, um, I know that he, um, a couple of the things that he's done for us besides, um, uh, or not coaching, but he got us dividers, made sure that we got dividers to put out on the rink. So. He's great. Uh, it's going to be nice to have him down the road too. Um, picking up some of the slack, right? So here's here's one that you do, we have to list. Uh, you could talk about him as a player. You could talk about him as a cohort over at the Hockey Association, Rob Grammer. Yeah, you know, there's not too many more people that I can think of that have as much orange blood in their system as as he does. He. He loves Moorhead hockey and um, he, he is, he's a real stickler for doing things right. 
um, you know, on the ice or even off the ice as our executive director. He's, gosh darn, we were just just on Thursday, and my grandson and I were putting in the new floor. We'll get to him in um, just a minute. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, we were putting in new rubber on the floor and the benches, and there was just this one little area that exposed the cement. Yeah. And he said, Coach, I, I don't want to bug you too much. I know you got a lot to do, but did you see those spots there? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I fixed that up for him. But, yeah, he's he's good, um, and he's got his boys. He's got his youngest boy is just a squirt. So Johnny. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of him coming down the road yet. So, um, um, and Rob will jump on the ice anytime anyone would ask him, he'll jump on the ice to help. So All he's right. huge. Uh, yep. you, we can't, uh, a Moorhead hockey, uh, can't go with, would be incomplete if we didn't talk about Brian Lee, first round draft pick, uh, Mr. Hockey finalist. Yeah. Uh, and Brian is, He's actually an assistant coach for Concordia now. Is he? Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing a great job there. Um, and he um, he puts on a defensive hockey um, school clinic here at the rink every summer. So he's doing that. And um, anytime I've ever asked him to come out to help out, you know, work work with the defensemen, he'll do that. So yeah, it's it's great to have him in town. So we talked earlier about you know your four kids. Uh, one of them, your daughter Jalene, has a son Aaron who uh, played for the Spuds and also uh, helps you full time at the youth rink. Let's talk a little bit about Aaron. Yeah, I, my grandson, but he um, is a a real passionate Moorhead Spud. Um, and he always will be. He loves the Moorhead Spud hockey team, and um, he he's got a lot of um, dreams and inspirations of of being a hockey coach. He wants to to coach, and I know we'll be using him down the road. He um, finished Concordia College this year, so if he if he doesn't get any um, he still wants to play someplace. He yep. still thinks that he's got something in him, and I I do too. But um, you know, he's worked for me for the last five six years here at the rink, and someday I'm gonna wanna retire and hang this up. Someday, so, yeah, someday. But you're the you Energizer know, Bunny, though. I don't see it any time in the next few years. Do you? I don't know. Uh, I'll see. I, I want him to 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 do it more. I, I can hell. I can be a great janitor here. You know. I, can, I haven't done a whole or a lot cook, of that yet. right? Yeah. So I can be the janitor and work instead of eighty hours a week. I can work thirty or forty hours a week. Okay. And and be fine. So yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way. But we'll see what happens. More youth hockey, of course, is in charge of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron's um, really good and and loves the game. He helps out. Uh, he goes on the ice with the kids. Um, he helped out with the HP program, so he's going to be involved with hockey quite a bit. All right, here's a here's a fun one. You 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 tip me off on this one. I like this story. Uh, Willard Eichel's daughter Deb uh, married a Becker. Uh, 
And the Beckers had three boys, Matt, Brian, and Joe. How cool is that? Where the uh, where it kind of it, it comes back the opposite way. Yeah, um, and Deb, Deb, and her husband um, Brad have been very, very instrumental in helping. Um, you know, Deb was president of our association when we moved into this facility. Oh she, yeah, cool. So she was a big part of it. Um, and and Brad, her husband, uh, was our hockey director. He was our uh, <clears throat> a coach for many years. He's done a great job. But the three boys. You know, two of them went to um, Air Force Academy. Very cool. And, and Joe um, played um, hockey for different teams um, beyond uh, high, school. high school. And so they're all um, um, great, um, great kids and great family. And um, it's nice. To, uh, Willard's been here a few times, and it's nice to have him come to the rink when they were playing. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's amazing how that all circles around. All right, I got a, I got a handful more players. We're gonna get we're getting younger and younger as we go here. So Will Borgen is uh, now playing professionally and played college at St. Cloud State. Yeah, and he's been fun. He's um, had some great opportunities. He got to play for the USA team, mm-hmm. um, and then you know now with Buffalo and um, just doing a, a, a you know. Whenever he comes to town, he comes to the rink. And uh, this summer or last summer, he was here almost every day playing. Um, really, open hockey with the with the kids or with you know all the college kids. So, yeah, Will's. Uh, I'm I'm so excited to watch his future um, down the road. I I feel bad that this year kind of came to an end. Right. I think that he was. I think he was going to be playing up at the top there towards right. the end, but um, well. Can't do it now. So, all right, here now we're getting really young here. All right, so uh, Ethan Frisch. Yeah, Ethan, what a great kid. Um, he just won an award too at the University of North Dakota as a freshman. I, I can't remember what they called it, but congrats to Ethan. Um, he's gonna be doing a lot of good things for the Sioux down the road. Um, as a freshman, he got to play quite a bit. And um, he'll get more minutes as he gets longer in his career. I'm sure. Can you imagine that kid as a senior with um, the Sioux? Holy moly. Yeah. Um, What's, I hate to make this a reminiscence, but we have to go back to the state. I think it was either the semifinals or the finals where he never left the ice and you were the Bantam coach still or still involved. What were you (laughs) thinking when he wouldn't come off the ice? Yeah, that was a game, uh, the state final against. Was it the final uh, or the semifinal? I think it was the I, semifinal. Was, I think it was the semifinal. Four overtimes, right? Three, four overtimes, yeah. right? Was it, was it against Minnetonka? I'll say Wyzetta. Wyzetta and then Minnetonka. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And he, um, he, he didn't come off the ice the whole time. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Foss was the coach then. Okay. Uh, and, and that's how Fossey is. He's a competitor. And, um, you know, he, he had five defensemen, right. But, you know, Ethan Frisch is a pretty special player and, um, they, they, they needed him on the ice. I'll never forget 
because I was there, I was at the game, I was kind of close to your bench, but it was kind of a glassed-off bench, so I couldn't hear what was being said. But I remember just eyeballing Frisch the entire game, and especially as the later in the game going on, I think it was middle of the third period, he stopped coming off. And I go, and I just remember each time he twitching his head like, nope, I'm good, I'm, I'm good, <laughs> you know. You know? <laughs> and it just kept going. It was kind of a legendary tale of Ethan Frisch. Oh, yeah. He is a competitor, and it's going to be fun to watch him down the road. Another kid here who was in that game and probably scored the game-winning goal, I bet, or if he had a lot of big goals in that state tournament, Isaac Howe. Yeah, um, and his dad, Chris. Yep. Uh, coaches the Cobbers. Um, yeah, <clears throat> Isaac, I always thought that he was one of the best players I've ever had that goes to the net. Yeah. That guy just goes to the net. He's just a bulldog. Uh, I, I really liked him for that. And I, I think as his, as his career advances here, um, uh, coaches will see more of that. And I think it's going to pay some dividends for him, I hope, down the road. I think so, too. Good kid. Good here's, kid. here's a kid who moved in uh, from Fergus Falls, for, and he shows up his second year at Bantams. You're the coach of this team. What did you think when Carter Ranfield showed up for practice the first day? I'll tell you, um, that was a tough, tough one for me because as a hockey director, you know, we have this, um, this policy of kids having to live in the, in the town. Right. You know, before you can put him in the, in your program. And he wasn't really living in Moorhead right. at the time. So, you know, Moorhead youth hockey had to accept him and Fergus had to let him go. And, and you're the district director too, right? I'm the district. And director. he's going to be playing on your team. Like how, yeah. how weird was that? Right. Well, I'll tell you what, without going into all the particulars, I, I had to make them, show proof you know that yeah. they're actually moving here and living here and yeah they they did and you know we finally did it the right way and and it was all from there on in it it was a good thing for carter because look at the success he's had oh. and, and hopefully it's gonna even be better down the road as he moves on now he just he's going to um i can't bentley or can't, some, somewhere out east yeah, someplace out east. Uh, so he's gonna, he's gonna. He kind of reminds me of like a Jason Blake. Yeah, I think Jason. Jason ended up at Ferris State. Yeah, and he proved himself there and really quick, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, I got a feeling Carter might just do the same thing. I think so too. Once he's healthy, because Carter's had some health issues, some yeah. just injury issues the last couple of years. Once he's healthy, there's no more fun kid to watch play the game. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure. Last one. Uh, we're going uh, a, a legacy here. Luke Grammer uh, was a Mr. Hockey finalist to play some junior hockey next year and head on to Northern Michigan. Yeah. And Luke is such a nice kid. Um, you know, like most Mr. Hockey candidates, they're all great kids. And Luke is uh, one of those that um, I sure like them on the ice. Um I remember him as a, I, I still have a picture of him on the wall as a little mite. Um, he gave me something. I can't remember what it was. He dropped me a card or something, but he um, is just a well-spoken kid. And 
uh, I'll tell you what, he's going to do Northern Michigan a lot of good down the road. Um, Byron Poole, who is the assistant there, is a good friend of mine. Uh, He sure likes them, so I'm I'm sure that he's going to have a lot of success. But a good defenseman, very good defenseman, very does very well with the puck and and he'll he'll prove himself. That's for sure. I uh my I have so many fond memories of Luke just uh as a kid. You know, I've known him since he played in our very first squirt tournament back when he was a first year squirt in third or fourth grade and and he's just developed into a, not just a great hockey player, which we which we all agree on, but he's also developed into just a really nice young man and uh yeah. a, a, you know someone that you're you know we talked about learning the lessons of hockey and how they will uh, do well for you in other parts of your life. I think Luke is definitely a product of that. Oh God, yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to COVID-19. Um, we have about 10 or 15 minutes left, and there's a lot of topics. So um, let's talk about hey, this. Hey, Tony, Go ahead. Yeah. You, know, you know, the, you know, talking about all these good kids and good players you yeah. know, that I went through, you know, I think you could go to any hockey association and, yeah, you you can come up with all those names and 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 the same stories. You know, we we've got such great kids in our sport that it's it's amazing that it is. I mean, it just amazes me when I when I hear the the stories of what we do if a one of our players passes away or you know um, the the road that the Mister Hockey candidates have went through and what they've done. Gosh darn, we, I mean, it's, it's not Moorhead uh, stories, it's Rosal stories, it's Richfield, it's... Doesn't matter. It don't matter. You know, and I was going to ask you before you jump into that, um, you remember a guy by the name of Greg Treble? Oh, yeah. Oh, he just passed away. Yeah. Great guy. Um, Yes. He was a Bantam coach for Jefferson. For years. Yeah, years. And him and I used to lock horns a lot <laughs> back then. And he, he beat us in the 1991 state championship um, in, in St. Cloud. But, I mean, just a, a great guy. And, I re- and, and he was a competitor, as you know. Yes. I mean, he, he was also the coach for Holy Angels, I believe, that yep. beat Buds. Yep in that final that time. But anyway, um, just a great guy. And, um, I remember one time he, his teams were always competitive as Bantams. And, and one year they got upset in the playoffs and, uh, he was, you know, and it was a good team, very good team. And we were still playing and we had the VFW state tournament in Moorhead that year. And I remember he, um, his team got beat out, you know, for Maha. And he he wasn't even a VFW team, or he did he he wasn't sponsored by the VFW. He right. calls me up, he calls me up, and he says, "Bush, you got to get us into the state VFW tournament." <laughs> he says, "We've never been done this early in the year, and I got to keep my boys going. You got to let us come into the VFW." Well, well, I didn't have control of that. They had to earn their way, and right. I don't know who it was back then that won out of that area, but. He, he was, that's the competitor that he was, but 
what a great guy. And oh. he, I'm sure he could tell stories that oh, yeah. would never end with all the good teams that he had. Oh, absolutely. I, I run into player after player after player uh, that, that played for him, and they always point to Trebs like, oh, he was such yep. a great coach. Yep. Such yep. a great coach. All right, uh, let's talk a little COVID-19. Uh, the first topic in here is uh, the state tournament. Now, you guys had a state tournament uh, canceled uh, on Friday morning uh, a few weeks back. Um, and, 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 and as a district director, you're very well in tune. I'm sure you're on the email chains of the executive committee and, and making this decision. Go through the decision process of what happened during, the, during that Thursday night as if Thursday there was going to be a tournament and Friday right. morning they actually had dropped the puck in, in a few Jay Gold games and a couple Pee Wee games. Yeah, I re- what I remember, uh, the, the most I remember is I remember Thursday, um, the, the day before, you know, that's when most of the teams were, were he- coming. Head to the banquet, bank. right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember um, talking to Steve Earlier in the day, Steve Oleheiser, the yep, president, president of hockey. Is he from Grand Rapids? I know he's yeah. from District 12. Grand Rapids? Yeah. Okay. Grand Rapids. And great guy. And anyway, you know, he says, God, I, I don't know what we're going to do, Bush. I, this is tough. And so anyway, we, we just talked a while, but we didn't say anything about canceling any any banquets. But then as the day progressed, uh, they came out. Uh, with the the order to um, recommend that we cancel the banquets. Yeah. So it was just a recommendation, I, and I know here at Mardiotaki, I was with the with the group to decide what we were going to do, and right away we called the the Marriott, yeah, and found out that they would not hold us, you know, responsible for for anything um if we didn't have the banquet it wasn't going to cost us anything um, right so we made the decision right there not to have the banquet yep so that 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 was good and then the next morning uh friday morning i remember coming to the rink and getting ready uh, i had a i think it was um hermantown that was going to be practicing at 10 o'clock that morning and got the ice ready, and they came. And I remember uh, the executive board from Minnesota Hockey said that, um, you know, as of now, we're having the tournament, but it could change as as the day goes on yeah, or as the weekend goes on. And I had, I had heard, and again, I don't know, I can't remember where I heard this, but I had heard that they were considering of shortening it to two days. Like, let's get her in and get her done by Saturday night. It was a, a brief thought, yeah. but, um, you know, both, I think both Glenn and Greeson and the executive director for Minnesota hockey and Steve, um, I mean, I, I, I know that Glenn, um, I, I think Glenn really wanted us to cancel it even sooner than what we did. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just really put my hats down for, for those two guys, both Steve and Glenn for, Making that, and that was a tough decision. I mean, we were an hour away, and yeah. I'm sure other teams were playing. Some teams were yep. playing. There were some Jay Gold, and I know maybe a Pee Wee game or something like that was being played yep. in New Orleans, yep. I think, maybe. I'll tell you, we had, I think, four teams here 
when the announcement came out and I'll tell you those poor girls they were crying oh they were really upset and sad and I mean it was it was a tough decision but it was it was the right decision all right. Um, so we talked a little, this is going to be weird, but uh, we talked about you serving in Vietnam earlier in, in the podcast. And now we're sort of in a, in a war, very similar, I mean, not a war, but there, there, very, there's some similarities between our country and a wartime, because this is a different time for our country right now, as di- different as there ever has been. Uh, do you draw any comparisons to, to the enemy that it was in, 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 in Vietnam as there is an enemy today? Well, yeah, you know, it's our, 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 our war that we have right now, it's an invisible enemy that, you know, we never know where it is or if you're going to catch it or anything. And I guess it was kind of the same in Vietnam. Yeah. You know, we never knew who the enemy was half the time. Sometimes <laughs> they probably were, um, they were probably doing something in our, in our campsite or in our areas that we were at in Vietnam and the next day they were shooting at us. So it was, it was, um, an invisible enemy. Yeah. You know, just like it is probably in Afghanistan and everything else. We just don't know. You just don't know. It's a tough one. It's, it's tough. So if people don't know you, um, I think I've kind of done a good description as the, as the Energizer Bunny. How are you doing sitting still? It's not easy for me. This is brutal. hard for me sitting still and, and watching Netflix all day or whatever you ha- you know you're resorting to. How are you doing doing with this all all this stuff? If you think that you're a, a bunny, I, I think I'm worse because I uh, I'm just not one of the guys that goes home at night and watch watches tv i i I never have um so i i stay at the rink all day um i I get here at six and i stay until about six at night i i'm getting a lot of stuff done well that's what i was gonna ask about let's let's hear uh when we go back to the blue ox this uh november for the bantams what am i gonna see what's gonna be new uh at the uh, at the rink well, you're going to see a lot of new banners around the rink uh, for advertising because we're taking them off the walls and putting them out on the on the rink itself, hanging from up on the ceiling. Okay, um, that's hard know, work. You're on a oh, you're on yeah. a boom. That's scary yeah. stuff, isn't it? Especially if you have to go up 20 feet on a little one man lift that yes uh, <laughs> is shaky to begin with. But yeah, we're doing that and. We're getting all our painting done that we we usually don't get done until August, but I'm getting a lot of that done. Um, new floors on the players' benches, um, and just a lot of um, a lot of little cleaning up outside of the uh, rinks. Um, just a lot of a lot of work. I mean, I got a list that I'm looking at right now that um, repair the ZAM doors, you know, just maintenance on the ZAMs, uh, just a whole bunch of stuff that I'm getting done. And then if I go home at six o'clock, I'm stuck having to watch Netflix. But <laughs> what have you watched I, on Netflix? You told I'll me you got you hooked what, on something. What was it? I, 
I got hooked on this god darn um, the heist. Uh oh, I've heard heist. this is good. It, it 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 is good, damn it! And I'm stuck with it now, and I gotta watch it. So I'm watching that. And, um, You're human it, after all. You are human after <laughs> all. Yeah. So I I got my dog Spud, a yellow lab, and him and I sit and watch that, and make some popcorn, and. Go to bed and get her done. Um, has the the, the the hockey association? Um, we talked about. I, I talked with Rob Grammer about this last week. Um, how it's hard uh, from a from financially from a financial perspective. Not just the families who have parents out of work, uh, but the actual association itself. Um, it's losing money. You know, right now, this is a time where it could be generating money. Uh, what effect is this? will this have on the future of Moorhead hockey um, if the COVID virus continues to uh, hamstring the hockey community? Well, I'm, I'm hoping, like any of uh, most, all of us, we hope that this thing plateaus and, and we start going down the slope. Um, but I, I just hope that we have enough caution to know that we can't jump into it too quickly. Um, because it's such an invisible enemy, but it's, it's really taken a toll on us here. Um, you know, we rely on gaming, which is in, you yeah, know, the bars. and we rely on that. That's a big part. Uh, that's why we can operate, uh, three rinks, uh, in this facility is a lot of it has to do with gaming and, you know, we're, we're losing that. Um, and, and then all our rentals that we've had, uh, you know, we're losing all that money and, but we did take the ice out. So yep, that'll save you some money. We're saving some utility bills, but I know that as soon as the governor gives us the go ahead, Morehead Youth Hockey is going to be all over me to put two sheets in immediately. So, so putting, we will be doing that. As we wrap it up, putting in a sheet, uh, is the, can this be done with two guys, you and Aaron, or do you need extra help? Yeah, I'll usually get a couple more guys to okay. help a little bit. Like with some it. part-timers <laughs> or freelancer kind of guys, Yeah, right? two guys could do it, but Jeepers Creepers, I know they want that. They want that icing right away. So I'll get some more. I'll get a couple volunteers, and um, we'll get her done. It's a dirty job putting the ice in, isn't it? It is, but you know what? When you're all done with it, Tony, just to go up on the bleachers and look at it, you know, there's not a skate mark on the ice. Right. It really looks, it, it is so nice to see that. But that's about a two day, you know, after about two, three days of working 12 hours every day on it. Um, rewarding. Yeah, it is very rewarding. So we look forward to that. Well, my time with you when I'm with you in person over the phone, it's always been very rewarding and, and no, um, it's been great today to spend time with you and lear learn about your hockey past, your all your influences. Um, and I know you get this all the time. I mean, for crying out loud, they named the rink at one of the rinks after you there, and it's so well deserved. And and we're so lucky to have you. I, I, I'm sure Morehead's really lucky to have you, but the whole state is really lucky to have you involved in in our hockey. And I just I just want to make sure that you know how much appreciated, not just from the Morehead people, but from everyone outside of Morehead as well. 
Well, I appreciate that, but I also know that there's a lot of dentist bushies around this state. So hey, there, there's a lot of them in every association, I'm sure. Yes, but there are. That's the I are. always I always I always think about how much more I need hockey, you know, than hockey needs me. Yeah. Um as I I don't know what I'd do without the hockey family. Well, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're one hockey family. That's for sure here in Minnesota. And, uh, we got to hear from one of the, 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 the uh, patriarchs of our family today, Dennis Bushy. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, lots of matzo pizza for their participation with youth hockey up and all of our programming. And thanks to, uh, Dennis Bushy for participating in the lots of matzo pizza podcast today. Hope everyone has a great day. We'll see you guys around the rink, hopefully sooner than later. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. You do an amazing job on your research. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, Dennis. You take care.